0: Good morning, welcome to the show. It is Thursday, March the 16th. Coming to you once again from the Fitstairs Club here at the Cheltenham Festival, day three. And with each passing day, the patrons of this very pretty spot around the back of the orchard at the Cheltenham Festival are getting later and later and later as the effects of a a hard week start to take their toll. And yet it means that we have to compete even more uh, feverishly with the um, construction noise and uh, the hoover, which is alongside us now. I'm very pleased to say that uh, Jane Mangan is with me, enjoying a very nice brioche bacon roll. We're expecting more food from Neil Phillips very shortly, which is the only reason you're here. Uh, and We came down here, we were, we were casting an eye on the opening show, the preview programme made by ITV. And Sally-Ann Grassick was interviewing Davy Russell, He's got an amazing book of rides today Headed by Chupo in the Stayers Hurdle and Fury Road In the Ryanair Chase Mighty Potter in the opening turn As an odds-on favourite With Banbridge out, by the way Just a, a recent non-runner And Russell has fired back There's Some comments in an ITV interview Made by his long-time on-off patron Ryanair boss, Michael O'Leary He said he shouldn't have come out of retirement He should have thought of his family first He said, I care about as much about Michael O'Leary's opinion As he cares about mine
1: Yeah, look both very um, strong-minded men. Both had a very fruitful relationship for a very long time and both aren't afraid to make their voices heard. And,
0: and I'm, I'm sort of thinking to myself, I always enjoy listening to Davy Russell. I always enjoy listening to Michael O'Leary because they're both very interesting, uh, clearly very talented people in their, in their different spheres. If, if Davy really didn't care what my, uh, Michael thought, then he would have kept his mouth shut, wouldn't he?
1: Perhaps, but look, I think... Both of them are refreshingly honest in a lot of ways, and they're being honest what they think here. So look, they've got Fury Road today. There might be a little bit of silence. Maybe there'll be more volume than normal in the in the parade ring. But they've got Conflated tomorrow in the Gold Cup. So regardless of each other's opinion, they've got to team up and make it work.
0: And he, I mean, like he's not going to take him off Conflated now, is he? After this little, sp- I've spat. I, I would
1: be very surprised. Not really his style, is it? I, I would be very surprised. I think that would be a, a classless move. I, I and I, I don't think. Look, Michael um, and, and Davey have had a long history, and this is just another chapter in it. I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't be thinking that would be necessary.
0: Is there a bit of psychology going on here insofar as... Is, it, is Russell best when he's like this? Is he best when he's fired up? Does yeah. it have a positive effect on him?
1: It wouldn't surprise me if Michael was pumping him up because he knows that Davey really relishes to prove himself and prove himself, and he's yeah. done it so many times, and now you say I shouldn't have come back. Well, boom! I could ride a treble today. I've got Mighty Potter, I've got Maxim, I've got uh, Tehupo and I've got Fury Road. Any one of them could win, if not all of them. And the I, thing in
0: the plate's got a chance as well. He's only about a nine-to-one shot.
1: It's a case of Davey will want to go out there and make it, make the, the, the riding talk. And I think Michael will be more than happy if it's in one of his colours.
0: Do you think that Tupo is the likeliest winner of the Stayers hurdle given the ground now and given what you've seen this week and given the slight preparation doubts about blazing carl and the defending champion flooring porter
1: i've been a big fan of this horse ever since they've stepped him up and trip. he was nowhere in last year's champion hurdle and they seem to have found the key yes he loved the ground but i think it'll only enhance his chances um flooring porter there's a lot of positive vibes emanating from the cromwell camp around here he seems to have found his sparkle since he's arrived at presbury park um, and, and classical, this is a really good uh, renewal of the stairs Hurdle. It's a deep race. You've got the two French Raiders, Gold Tweet, something like 10 or 12 to 1. Um, but I do think Davy could have a huge day. I think there's one or two or three or four of these that could actually hit the bottom of the back of the net and nobody would be surprised.
0: And actually Eddie O'Leary on this podcast last week was suggesting that Fury Road could could actually run, run pretty well and, and give Shishkin something to think about. And Shishkin is the is the marquee horse today, really.
1: He really is. Look, Shishkin's got the best form, but when you think, if you fancy Gallopin the Deschamps for the Gold Cup, just think that Fury Road jumped the last fence upside him in the Irish Gold Cup, and I don't think he actually saw out the three-mile trip. 2-5, I think conditions are perfect, but it's very hard to look past Nicky Henderson's horse. I, another special mention for Janadil as well, who I thought looked like he'd need the run at Gorn when he beat Oton Killur. If some people are fancying Oton Killur for the, for the handicap, well, then Janadil will be going close. So it's
0: not a one-horse race?
1: For me, he's the banker of the day.
0: Oh, so it is a one-horse race?
1: Uh, I, I, I think he's the... I, I find it difficult to be called him unless he underperforms. If he performs to his best, he wins. Well,
0: it's a great pleasure now to be joined by Michael Wainwright, the CEO of Boodles, who sponsored the Gold Cup and sponsored the juvenile hurdle that took place on that golden Tuesday afternoon. Um, Michael, we're going to have to raise the bar pretty high to, to better what we had on the first day of this, of this fixture. I mean, dare I ask if, if you enjoyed the experience? It was one of the days, wasn't it? It really
2: was. Actually, I thought the Gold Cup day last year, the Boodles Cheltenham Gold Cup day last year with Aplutard and Rachel, was as good, but yesterday was incredible. And let's hope, in a way, Aplutard can do it again on Friday. I'll be gunning for
0: him and for Rachel. It's very interesting, this, because as a sponsor, you are clearly heavily financially invested in this. But to what extent is it important for you to be emotionally invested in in proceedings to really get the most out of what you do?
2: Uh, well, I mean, I love horse racing anyway. And to be honest with you, I would have had my money on, on long press if it had been running. Of course, it came out two months ago. But Rachel is an ambassador of ours. And I'm looking at a picture of her wearing Boodle's jewellery now and she's become a friend. So it'd just be great if she could prevail again. It really would. Especially as they've, you know, it's been a
0: difficult year for that particular stable. And I'm guessing you say you're a lover of horse racing. That has to underpin your involvement, doesn't it? I think it does. If you look who sponsors
2: horse racing, not in the betting sector mostly they're people run by companies who either own a horse or love love racing it's just a shame that more luxury brands don't do it i think because i mean we really think we get a tremendous bang for our buck we'll have 120 of our customers here on friday there's a lot of other customers wandering around through the week hopefully coming on our stand and buying the odd piece of jewelry and so it's it's really good for us we love it
0: i've been doing this podcast this week in the fit you know, they're pitching themselves as a as a luxury brand i go down through the orchard i see that enormous great Sunseeker boat sitting straight in front of me and then we've been entertained by glenn farkless and paul roger and it does seem that this event lends itself to it sort of more effectively than quite a lot of horse racing events do
2: well i strongly believe that Cheltenham itself is a luxury brand and i think we've got to continually position ourselves as a luxury brand because i'm actually on the board here as well and there's talk of building a hotel which we hope to be done but in much- In my book, it's got to be a really good upper end hotel and not a sort of run of mill chain hotel. So I think Cheltenham itself has
0: become a luxury brand. Does horse racing need to be a little more unashamedly aspirational, then, in your opinion? It's quite an interesting dilemma, isn't it? How you make it as as accessible as possible, but also as as smart as possible. Well, you ask
2: a very good question. Of course, we want 70,000 people to come a day, and we want to make it available to someone who wants to spend 40 quid to come in. But, you know, there are people who are prepared to spend a lot more money on lovely lunches here. And I think, Cheltenham, I think we do a cracking good job at catering for all of it. But in answer to your question... I think any business needs to remain aspirational because there is
0: quite a lot of money at the top end. And from a personal perspective, how much have you enjoyed this experience? How much is it? You're laughing as if to say a bit too much. A
2: bit too much. Well, I mean, I've loved horse racing since I was a child. I was brought up at Bangor on D because I come from that part of the world. Uh, and then ancient Haydock in the northwest. And I'm, I absolutely love it. I have to say my co- co-directors who do not love horse racing, they're all family, mind you, because we're a family business. They've been extremely supportive. And the big question is we've got the Gold Cup in centenary year next year. Um, we'll have to see what do we do after that. Because it is quite a, a meaty investment for a company of our size. And the big thing is, can you convert other members of your family to the love of the sport? <laughs> well, yeah, I've got my son in it now. Well, yeah, you see, so yeah, it, yeah. you get getting and he loves it. Yeah. I mean, he, I've got twins, boy-girl twins. My son's twenty-seven. He's on our stand now. He's here all week. He 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 adores it. He really does. So I think I think they're going to be involved for a few years yet. So probably. Yeah.
0: And Michael, of course, I, I can't let you go without talking about Gar Law because there was a thought that you might run him in the Boodle's Cheltenham Gold Cup as it, as it happens you're, you're taking probably the more rational option of going for the, for the Ryanair um, how are you feeling about it? I think you're right it was very
2: much our head beginning to rule, rule our heart um, or was it the other way around? Anyway, we've made the correct decision. Uh, we were 100-1 to 1 for the Gold Cup. We're 16-1 to 1 for the Ryanair. And we won on the same course and distance in the Paddy Par, which was the most wonderful day. Um, if we come in the first four, we'll be thrilled. I mean, we're up against the best Irish horses. Um, if we come, there's only nine horses, I think, in the race now. Um, but we're going to have a cracking good day. There's going to be about 30 of us here, so it'll be wonderful. He might do a bit better than you think. Well, he, he stays. I think the, rain, the more rain we can get, the better the reason i wanted to go for gold cup originally not because of boodle sponsoring it but he definitely will stay three miles yeah. and also we had a jolly good weight in the grand national which we needed to qualify for so we needed to come in the first four in the either the race at kelso a couple of weekends ago and he wasn't fit for that or the gold cup but we're, we're taking the sensible route and i think he'll be staying on at the end i just hope he jumps okay
0: a cracking horse to be involved with michael thanks so much cheers bye that was uh, Michael Wainwright, the Chief Executive of, of Boodles. Looking forward not only to sponsoring tomorrow's Gold Cup, but also uh, to his own horse, Gar Law, running in today's Ryanair. So good luck to him. I think they've made the right call running him in this race, particularly with the ground. And there's always next year for the Grand National, for all he might not be, if things go right for him, quite as well handicapped then. Now, I mean, you've seen some some pretty extraordinary things if you've been looking at the twitter feed uh, what neil phillips has been bringing his food and wine wise this week jane mangan is back with me and uh, we're looking at a what we're looking at a what
3: what what are we looking what are we looking at neil We've got this lovely Cheltenham pie here, Nick. It's pretty big, and uh, steak and ale pie here, and we're going to have a nice red with it. It's absolutely enormous. It's nine o'clock in the morning, <laughs> <laughs> so a, a, a piece of
0: pastry the size of a small country.
1: Fortunately, Nick hasn't been to bed, so this is actually his <laughs> supper.
0: <laughs> oh my word! And uh, and yesterday it was an old fashioned. The day before it was the the very fresh night timber. Today Neil has delivered a bottle of. Um, Sutherland Elgin Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, so, you as a non-drinker, Jane, does this mean I have to polish off this entire bottle of red before I go on air this afternoon?
1: It would be rude to leave the, the bottle anyway but empty, but I'm enjoying a very strong English breakfast tea and I'm, I'm in my happy place.
0: And, uh, and that bacon and brioche roll as well as an aperitif. Jane is just you know, <laughs> telling Neil that she does not want her glass filled up with um, a glass of re- uh, red wine uh, this time of the morning. Uh, just before we tuck into this, Jane, want to reflect on the key stories from yesterday. An Ergerman was brilliant. But it's not going to take very long to analyze the performance is it
1: yeah i i had a sense of deflation post-race because it was anticlimactic because
0: he was the only one that turned out
1: absolutely mm. like, apart ca- from captain guinness captain guinness credit where it is due some people would have said pre-race why is he even running here well we saw why he was running here he's a solid horse at his level he went to the bend with an argument and then fall town and left him left them roll but for edward stone a lot of head scratching questions I'm sure they were doing all of the NCT tests they, they could do last night, but he never really looked comfortable and he never got involved. And For me, Editor De Geet is best when he's taking Niall Houlihan to his fences and he never really did that. At one stage, Nube Negro was upsides in front going down the back. Such was the sedate pace. It was a race that fell apart, not dissimilar to last year.
0: Yeah, and it can happen in the Queen Mother Champion Chase When we build them as great clashes, when we build them as head-to-heads, they so often don't materialise like that. There were some great highlights, though. How good do you think Ampere passes?
1: Do you go champion hurdler or gold cup? That's the type of question you ask for a horse that put up that calibre of a performance. It, the time stacks up. Everything about the performance suggests he stays, but he's got speed. It was so professional and what looked like a deep renewal of the Ballymore, like Gaelic Warrior went in there with a good 150 plus rating and he absolutely destroyed him. But for me, Nick, the, the story of the day came at the last.
0: Oh Jane, you're absolutely spot on and as if by magic, as if by magic, right on cue, Jane, who should walk in but Mr Gleeson himself, Brian Gleason, whose son John, in case you just landed from Mars, 18 years old, his first festival ride was a winner on A Dream to Share, a horse portentously named because this was a family bred horse, this was the whole plan, one at the DRF, one here now in the silks of jp mcmanus trained by longtime family friend practically godfather to the family john kiley down the road in county waterford my god brian you've written some script I, 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 honestly it, the more you think about it the more outlandish it, it seems
4: but this race course is the field of dreams and dreams can come true and yesterday was just surreal nick look you've been to john Kylie's, you've been to Dungarvan. you've been to County Waterford, you know what yeah. Cheltenham means to County Waterford. Uh, and well,
0: okay, so, so let's talk a little bit about John Kylie because as Jane was saying, he's 86. Um, 86 in May. 86 in May, yeah, okay, I don't want to put an extra year on him. 86 in May. I, I remember you taking me to his yard all those years ago, and it's quite, it's, it's an odd one, because he's it's all old school, because it's a effectively a farmyard, um, and, and is you know, a very traditional farmyard, but he he trains in a very up-to-the-minute modern way. It's kind of ancient meets modern, isn't it?
4: He's just an incredible an incredible man. You've been there, John Frankham, and everyone that goes there just realises what a special man he is with the number of horses that he has. His strike rate is incredible, and there was very little missing from J.E. Kylie, C.V., with the exception of a Cheltenham Festival winner. And for us to... Be a part of john having that festival winner is makes us immensely proud because see, i always think you should, we should speak about people when they're alive mm. and tell them how good they are and tell them how loved they are mm. not when, they, when they're gone um and we truly appreciate every day uh what john kiley is and we learn every day from him my son has learned so much from that man every hour he spends with him
0: your son is a such a huge credit to you and, and claire what a what a great young man he is. He um, spoke so well off the horse as well. I Never mind riding your winner at the festival. He, he's clearly got the gift of the gab like his dad.
4: Uh, Lydia, his was fantastic uh, with him, uh, as she was at, at Leopardstown as well. It's just uh, it's magic. I, I'm here talking to Nick Luck on the podcast with our great friend Jane Mangan. I just can't believe it that, that we've had a winner of the Cheltenham Festival and JP McManus' colours that we bred, ridden by my son and trained by the maestro. It's. It's the stuff of dreams.
0: So obviously, like when when I picked up on racing TV yesterday, I said, "Yes, JP, you can buy my horse, but I'd like my son to keep the ride." I mean, was it as simple as that? Was that how the was that how the conversation went?
4: No, it was a very, very, very simple conversation with, with JP. It was never uh, discussed. Really, it was uh, understood. He said, "John will ride his horse at the Cheltenham Festival." Um, so it was he, 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 he sort of assumed was,
0: that yeah, that would that would be 100%. the
4: hundred percent. Beautiful. He's a he's just a he's a, a, he's a sportsman, mm. true and true. Whether it's on the hurling field or on the race course, he, he he knows he's a dad. He knows what it means to Claire and I. And it was he he took the assumption order. But of course, he's also a, you know a competitive guy, and you know he might have
0: wanted to back the horse as well. And he's not he's not going to do any of that unless he thinks that John can get the job done. And, and, he, and he's good
4: Yeah but he's, he's, still, he's 18 years of age He couldn't, couldn't claim his 7 pounds He had one spin around here in October When he was third on the company sergeant Behind Encanto Bruno But prior to that That was his first time at Cheltenham um, But he'd, he's, he's a good man to do his homework Like Nick Luck and Jane Mangan He does his homework yeah. um, And if you, if you prepare well you have, a, you have a chance He walked the track with Mick Fitzgerald He had a good chat with A.P. Mackay beforehand uh, and he's, he's a good listener and there was no pressure from JP JP said you, you can't come late enough at Cheltenham and as John alluded to when speaking to uh, Lydia you know there was no pressure John Kiley said why the patient race There's only one winning post
0: and he's a bloody good horse isn't he
4: <laughs> yeah we, we, that's why I was I was really hoping that he would show what he's shown us once or twice at home he was spellbinding at Tipperary uh, back last May admittedly getting all the allowances as a made and then he went to Roscommon you and I discussed this before mm. during Royal Ascot week and he wasn't that impressive but it was the way we rode him because he didn't learn anything in Tipperary the first day that we said we had to ride him way out of his ground and it's difficult to come from behind in Roscommon so he learned plenty that day but we thought maybe the phone might ring but it really didn't so we had to put him in the field and didn't realise the roll the dice and say we believe in you them is the plan. Yeah. Um,
0: what happens to this horse next, do you think? Uh,
4: I, genuinely, I haven't a clue. He's JP's horse. I know. What do you think he should do? Oh no. Uh, it's JP will... This horse... will JP, I would imagine JP will want this horse to win the Supreme Novice next year. Like Montalado, when 30 years ago he won this. Um, could he jump? Oh, yes. Yeah, he's an athlete. this horse is... Like, this horse... Obviously, JP is a, is a jumping man, but this horse could be a very good flat horse as well but i'd imagine jumping will be his vocation
0: i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pour any of this red wine down you at this time in the morning
4: am i i imagine the people in itv wouldn't be pleased <laughs> wouldn't be best pleased So it's a, it's a glass it, of water he's got a,
0: he's got his coke zero he, <laughs> it's I it. was gonna, you haven't even got a sugar fix in you? <laughs> no no no
4: that'll be that'll be the weekend after the job is done all right
0: well at least i hope there is some celebration going on back in waterford at the moment
4: oh there was like ardmore and dungarv and will be absolutely buzzing. St. Patrick's Day tomorrow, they will get some kick out of a dream to share winning. P- purely for the Kylies because in Waterford, you know how much John Kiley is revered mm. back in County Waterford. Totally. Like 30 years ago, his brother won the stairs well, hurdle. Paddy, when country, I used to, arrive.
0: yeah, when I used to come over and, and do your preview really? nights, when you had the preview night in the Woodlands, it was always John Kiley and Paddy Kiley. And of course, an a up-and-coming guy called De Bromhead. Who yeah. no one, you
4: know, it just goes <laughs> to show you, 30 years ago, there was three Waterford winners. Fisher Seal, Montalado mm-hmm. Pat Flynn Pat Flynn, correct Fisher Seal, Montalado and Shula Rye, 30 years ago Paddy
0: Keely, Paddy Kiley Cli- Paddy Kiley. Kiley Pat Flynn and Harry de Bromhead Harry de Bromhead yeah,
4: 30 years ago 30 years on we had Henry winning the Grand Annual Yeah, 35 minutes earlier Waterford Horse second Waterford Horse So we've had three, and in Honeysuckle, we've already had three Waterford winners at this year's Cheltenham Festival. Yeah, that's
0: just one fewer than Great Britain, yeah. (laughs) It's incredible, (laughs) incredible, isn't it? But cork, apparently, is cork and Waterford upsides at the moment.
4: uh, The River of Blackwater dividing it. But it's, as Jane Mangan, I'm sure, has has already touched on all of this, this Cheltenham Festival is the field of dreams. and Whether you're a punter, an owner, a breeder, a jockey, a trainer, or a spectator, this place captivates you.
0: Brian Gleason, you're a star. Thanks so much for dropping in. I need to release you back into the wild.
4: Thank you. Mind right. yourself.
0: The beast of the betting jungle for ITV, but a very proud dad yesterday, Brian Gleason. Right. Jane Mangan is still with me as Neil Phillips is trying to <laughs> wrestle a, a pie out of a dish with a fork, which is proving quite difficult. Anyway, while he does that, uh, Jane, let's reflect on a couple more performances from yesterday. The Real Whacker, what a story that was.
1: Yes, and what a ride from the front from Sam Twiston-Davis. He, re- That horse just so, wanted it so much. He was relishing every fence, and he just put his neck down where it mattered. Pat Neville, what a hero, what a story, representing the, the guys that dream about having Chatham winners, thinking that it might never happen. Well, the Real Whacker, he had him in the Gold Cup, he went for the right race, and he just held off Jerry Cologne. But that was... That was a real gutsy performance. Then you had Langerdan denying an epic song in the in the Coral Cup and, of course, Camprond as well. My heart went out to JJ Slevin, the Mulrhyne family, and Martin Brazl. Two runners so far, two short-head next seconds, but credit where it's due. Skelton's Langerdan, third-time lucky.
0: Wow. I mean, <laughs> Langerdan laid out for the Martin pipe two years ago, came up against quite a well-handicapped, also called Gallop and they Sure, last year, didn't get any further than the first, not really his fault. Anyway, they, uh, they got the job done this time as Jane tucks into her steak and... Steak and... I think it must be steak and red wine pie, anyway. J- can you give me a verdict? <laughs> early in the morning for this much carbohydrate, isn't it?
1: Never too early. Uh, I'm a breakfast person and I wouldn't consider myself a food critic, but this is what you call good-for-the-soul food. Wholesome, heartwarming, ready for the day.
0: Go on, then. Don't be shy.
1: Well, I don't, I don't want the pod listeners to have to hear me munch.
0: <laughs> come on jane <laughs> jane doesn't want it anyone to hear her munching
3: <laughs> oh come on come on jane. It's fine tell you what this is this is a classic pie we've had this for years i've got some doom bar beer in there jane for you come on let's hear it's, so
1: it's, it, it. It. it's pretty it's pretty spot on exactly what the doctor ordered it's Look.
3: hitting
0: the spot it's a good is it do you feel like it's kind of good irish fare
1: it's not an Irish stew no it's very it's, it's quintessentially British you know why there's not a vegetable in sight <laughs> <laughs> That's great happy St. Patrick's Day listeners
3: <laughs> yeah. that's a really good line actually
0: except yeah it's St. Patrick's Day tomorrow isn't
1: it happy St. Patrick's weekend people St. Yes.
0: Yes. Patrick's Thursday
1: uh, well, it's going to be our, Ireland's day again today. What are we, 10-4 in the Pressbury Cup? 10-4! 10-4, four. Four, yes. We have quite a few favourites and strong chances yeah, I, today. I,
0: to be honest, I thought that Thursday and Friday would be a complete wipeout for the Brits. So the fact that they've only got four on the board now isn't, doesn't augur, doesn't augur especially well, um, does it? So the real whacker we've spoken about, Ampere Pass, you were very impressed with an argument we've, we've dealt with a dream to share likewise and I suppose we ought to work out whether Delta Work can mm. go any better in the Grand National than he did last year
1: I think he was suited by the ground conditions himself and Galvin, it was kind of predictable they turned up, unlike the champion chase they both turned up and it turned into a duel but it was a very good debut in the discipline from Galvin Delta Work is relishing life right now I see no, wa- no reason why he can't go close in Tree again Oh look
0: at this! Martin Kelly's just rolled in to the uh, the Fistez Club down here in the orchard. I think probably to tell me uh, about what's been happening in, in Saudi Arabia. Just as a complete incongruous cut through to the to the Cheltenham <laughs> chat. But we we appreciated it at the croc yesterday, and he was when he was giving us our uh, Hong Kong news yeah. would would really have appreciated the spread that we've got on show at this time of the morning.
5: Well, it's very surprising to walk in here at so what are we on? Sort of just coming around to ten o'clock and find pie. The wine tipster in red wine. I mean I think it'd be most people's ideal start to the day, wouldn't it?
0: <laughs> I mean it's quite a heavy it's quite a heavy start to the day,
5: but with a big sort of
0: cloud cover. <laughs> pra- perhaps it's the day for the I don't
5: know. Okay. Um, well the 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 the, the Sutherland Cabernet Sauvignon does look very nice, but I might just leave it until maybe after the final race today. Um, Good. Right, yeah. I don't know, there's no
0: neat segue here. <laughs> so I'm just going to have to say to you right the
5: reason you're here is because we've been
0: doing every Thursday we've been doing the the rotary ad series which culminates in the Saudi Cup and this is the end of the
5: season season is drawing to a close uh, at the main track The only link I had for you Was there's two days left Of the Cheltenham Festival And three days left Of the Riyadh season <laughs> That was where I was Kind of going with it But three meetings left Today, Friday and Saturday uh, Saturday, the big race We've got a domestic group On again uh, The King Disease Racetrack Championship Cup 15 runners going to post And many of the horses Nick going to post On Saturday Include the likes of Castle Who won second up And was sixth in the knee On turf Mike Frankel We've talked about Early in the season James Doyle won a domestic Group one on him And uh, pin your hopes As well around and ninth in the, the red sea turf, so some of the names we've talked about ending their season in uh, the second last race on Saturday, and of course this isn't. I mean this isn't completely apropos of nothing because next week, straight
0: out of the back of Cheltenham, be rolling into Dubai, and uh, I'll be there either Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. Um, I mean I just I'm just trying to live up to the Connor Moore stereotype, <laughs> uh, to be honest. Um, but I'm sure you'll be there as well will you yes
5: yeah, saturday lunchtime straight out there and there are so many horses from saudi uh, turning up out there Panthalassa, country grammar, doing head to head in the uh, in the dubai world cup subjectivist will he manage to build on what we saw from him in Riyadh but just very quick <laughs> he certainly does Yeah. Uh, looking back to last weekend very quickly we talked about there was two one million pound races uh, the feature was the King Abdulaziz Cup and that was won by Medbas. if you remember won round two of the Jockeys Challenge under Joe Mason he absolutely bolted up at the weekend made all won by over two lengths he's now won four of his last five and I wonder if he might make up into a Saudi Cup horse if he can stretch out a little bit further excellent Martin thanks so much for your time thanks for dropping in um, what do you want to take with you um I'll probably take the wine for just after the last race and uh, say see you in September. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent. Thanks so much. It's been a it's been a treat to have you. I'm glad, I'm glad we rounded it off in style.
5: Um it's not quite the way I thought we would finish, but um it's very enjoyable. All right, that's Martin Kelly bringing us uh,
0: bring us news from from overseas today. All right, so it's day 3 and time to check in again with our artist in residence on the podcast this week. Liz Armstrong Liz, all go well yesterday. There was a bit more rain. Maybe not quite as spectacular as day one. So I'm hoping the punters flocked into your stand here in the shopping village.
6: Yes, they did flock in, Nick. It was quite cold and uh, there was a lot of people in the shopping village viewing the art and all the clothes and things. So yep, good crowd.
0: Trade has been good.
6: Yes, we've had lots of interest and sold a few things. Um, lots of my regular customers have come by to say hello and pay compliments to some of my bigger pieces. Um, yes, it's been good.
0: Excellent. Now there's one piece in your exhibition here that uh, strikes me as being a little atypical uh, of your work because I can normally tell an Armstrong from a from a little way off. You have a very distinct style. This piece a bit different. It's called the Straw Ride Tribute. It's original oil pigment on canvas and you're paying homage here to a, an artist that you admire.
6: I am paying homage to a wonderful artist who's unfortunately died now, Lucy Kemp Walsh. And um, this piece of art was commissioned by the Imperial War Museum in uh, 1915. Um, from It's from the First World War and why it's called the Straw Ride, because um, it was painted or she was inspired by Rustley Park, um the remount depot down in Wiltshire where the young girls used to exercise their horses that were going to war um before they actually went out to to fight with the soldiers and she was commissioned by the imperial war museum but actually they didn't like her painting and eventually she did sell it but uh, i think it's a fantastic piece of art it shows vibrantly you can see the vigor of the horses the restlessness of the horses very young girls riding and training leading a horse riding one leading one it just says everything the urgency that must have been in world war one because this is when it was painted
0: Uh, it's quite interesting the the three girls although they are um, depicted in your style so not with precise lines and, and really are are no more than than outlines. It's very clear from the way that you've you've portrayed them, Liz, that they are they are a female and b, and b young. And, and it's it's a very evocative piece. Wh- which bits of your of your own interpretation are you are you most pleased with?
6: Well, I actually, as I say, I, I've never seen the original of this painting. I tried to view it in the Imperial War Museum, but they don't seem to know its whereabouts at present time. But I'm just pleased the girls were so young, they just had headscarves on, they didn't wear hats, and you can see they've just got shirts and their blouses, their shorts, their blouses are rolled up, they've just got bare arms, and I think it shows their courage and courageousness. They all must have thought that, you know, these horses are probably going to go to their death, they're going to go and fight in the war. Um, I just think it's a wonderful emotional piece of art. Um, That's why I've always been drawn to it. The sort of urgency of everything. That's, yeah, I love it.
0: And uh, I think it's great. It's called the Straw Ride Tribute and it's here in Liz's gallery, which is...
6: Stand 48 in the Shopping Village at Cheltenham Racecourse.
0: Great, Liz. We'll see you again tomorrow.
6: Yeah, bye, Nick, and have a great day. Look forward to seeing the racing today, too.
0: (laughs) Well, that just about brings us to the end of the proceeding's today. Neil Phillips still here, quaffing a Capsaf. Jane manga doesn't really want to go, but she's got to go. <laughs> she's got to go and work on Racing TV, but the, the you know the happy news is you're on the morning show, which means you don't have to put up with me any longer.
1: Uh, after yesterday, folks, I needed a little bit of a break. I'll be back on the afternoon show for the Gold Cup with Nick tomorrow, but we need intervals. We do take turns to stand next to Nick for a prolonged period of time. The tip for this evening or this afternoon, <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you two. I, I do think Tuhupo will win the stairs. I really like that horse. But on each way shout at a bigger price. I like Jatara in the mayor's novice. She may be still a maiden, but for Jessica Harrington, I think she's a big shout. And in the Kimur,
0: uh, we ought want to just say wish, wish Jessie well. Um, yeah. I spoke to Kate, her daughter, the other day, and she said she's. Um, it's quite hard, to, quite hard to slow her down. She just had her latest round of chemo and she says she's, um, she's, she's come, out, come out firing.
1: Yes, and of course, this family have... The family of the horse, Jatara, have a pedigree with mm. Cheltenham. The dam, Jalan, is a sister to Jezki, who won the champion hurdle. So this, this mare is quite good. I think she's something at double-figure odds. And uh, in the Kimmure, Fontaine Clanche for the lady who would really like to see the rain. Venetia Williams, mm. I think big price each way.
0: I'd love to see Venetia have another win. She had such a great festival last year. Horses aren't running brilliantly. Neil, your Fudan Bull Civil are trained by Venetia yesterday. Um, a very rare blip, mishap, and got no further than, the, was it the second?
3: Third. Third. Yeah, and it was he didn't jump the first very well. But then he didn't jump the first very well. Often doesn't do that, but when he didn't jump the second very well, I thought we are in trouble here potentially. And he didn't really, it just was a very soft fall, really. And then he'd up riders for about 15 minutes, which was a bit of a worry, so very unusual for him because we know he's a very tight jumper and very, very slick normally. Uh, I I think the ground was against us anyway yesterday Nick but the way the race evolved you'd love to see him stay up because he could have easily run into a place the way they are all strung out couldn't he
0: yeah could easily have done it was that kind of race so glad he's okay thanks for being with us again and we'll see you again tomorrow when you're going to have to have something special lined up for Lydia
3: oh absolutely I've already got that planned she's (laughs) not as
1: simple as me now (laughs) she's very picky that woman
3: (laughs) it's going to be a different day tomorrow whereas you've you've got the, the steak pie
0: and the red wine for Jane Jane's put the glasses on, she's getting the coat, and she's out, gone. Goodbye. We will see you again tomorrow. That was Thursday, March the 16th. Will it be Davies Day at Cheltenham, I wonder, with fire in his belly? You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary.